Thank you guys so much. You guys may be seated. It's such an honor to be here with you guys today. And I just want to say, Avenue Church, we love you guys. We appreciate this house. We love your team. We love the staff. We love pastors Jeremy and Lindsay Bosma, and they're incredible friends of ours. We're, we're so grateful to have them in our lives and to do ministry with them here in the city. I truly believe that their ministry has been marked by integrity, by faithfulness, by faith. Let's give it up for your pastors. Come on. And Jeremy, if you're watching online, we love you, man. We miss you. But please just uh, enjoy the North Dakota, just better weather in Jesus' and name. And we miss you too, Lindsay. In Jesus' name. They probably don't have dust storms over there. Praise God. Praise God. And as you heard Mr. Jeremy and Lindsay mention, we're going to be launching Viva Church here in Las Vegas in just a few months. Um, we're, and we're in the current phase right now which is interesting because we're gathering team, we're recruiting, we're trying to finalize a location in Jesus' name. We are fundraising and trusting God in that. And, and God, what God put in our hearts is he placed in our hearts to build the type of place where both English and Spanish-speaking people can come together as one church with one vision, one vision, and I said vision twice because vision's important, and one heart to serve this city and so that's our dream that's our dream and we've never done that before so we're we're up for a ride so if you can be praying for us we're actually launching our church on September 11th somewhere in Las Vegas in Jesus name in Jesus name and so over the last season we as the church here, Avenue Church, we've been in a series called Distracted. This is the second time you guys are doing this series. That's why it's, there's a 2.0 for any of our guests. And the text that everyone has been, kind of the, the, the text for the whole series has been John 10.10. 10. And this is where Jesus tells us about Satan. And he says that the enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy. But we've been using the word distract to kill, steal, and distract. And I think what also is beautiful, Jesus contrasts himself from the enemy, and he says, but I have come so that you may have vida. That means life, so that you may have life and life to the fullest. And so if you have your Bible here today, go ahead and pull it out if you have the Bible app the U version. We're going to be reading out of Ephesians today. It's going to be Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10. Yes, and I'm reading out of the ESV version, and it says, for the by grace you have been given. Sorry, can I start over on that one? He was like on a roll. I got to catch up a little bit, okay? For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is a gift from God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, that which God had prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He is saying in this scripture that God graced you. It's not something that I did. It's not something that you did. It's a gift that he gave to us. And he didn't just do it so that we could just be saved, but because he has good works for us. He has a plan and a purpose for us. He has intention for your life. And so he is saying, hey, I graced you for this. I have something good for you. God created you on purpose for a purpose. And that's what we want to instill in you today. We do not want to get distracted 
from our purpose because you're created on purpose for a purpose. Will you guys pray with me? All right, Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much for your kindness to our lives. Lord, I pray that you would just move inside of our hearts. Help us to show the purpose in which you created us for. Help us to draw closer to you, Lord. I pray that in these moments, in these next 25 minutes, oh God, that Jesus, we would not be distracted by the enemy, but that we'd be able to have a laser focus on you, that you'd be able to speak to our hearts, that you'd be able to change us and move inside of our lives. We love you and we praise you and all the people in the room and on the screen. Say amen and Come amen. Come on, a big amen. Awesome. And I just, this was a long time ago, right? So I'm in my 30s, so for me this was a long time ago, but it was in 2006. Danielle and I are newly married people. Of course, we're super excited, but we did something that I'd never done before, and that was look for our very first home church together. And, and we didn't like have a lot of expectations. I didn't grow up in church, and so we were pretty excited about this. So one day we walk inside of a warehouse church, and we just go in, and I remember the pastor was preaching out of 1 Corinthians 15, and it was good, and we just felt, and we just knew in our hearts and our spirits that, hey, this was going to be the place that we were going to plug in, let our roots go down deep, and so it was while at this place that we accidentally kind of stumbled into serving. I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but one day the pastor approaches us, and he asked us if we would consider to be at like front door greeters. And I just remember being just kind of surprised that he was asking us because honestly at that time, like I had just came out of rehabilitation a few years before that because of my drug addiction as a teenager. I was so grateful to be saved. I was grateful to be able to worship a God who saved me and loved me. But when it came to seeing myself as someone who was useful to be used by God, I didn't, I didn't even actually even think about that. I hadn't actually even considered that. But we ended up saying yes and so we fast forward to now and this is where we're at and I just want to say that that moment and that ask and that yes has changed our lives forever has changed our lives forever and, and, and it was absolutely incredible for us and see the reason that I believe we haven't especially me I hadn't considered serving in church, it wasn't because I wasn't interested. It wasn't because maybe um, I thought it would be good. It wasn't because I didn't want to show up to church earlier than when I wake up, right? It wasn't because of any of that, but it had more to do with what I saw and how I saw myself. The biggest distraction from my purpose was me. It wasn't the Johnny Jepp trial. They like hijack social media. Hello. It wasn't the release and the cancellation of the release of the Taco Bell Mexican pizza. It wasn't any of those things or those Instagram reels where you just see one that's really cool and then the algorithms keep sending you stuff that you like and so an hour later you're going to bed super late. It wasn't any of those things. The distraction that I had wasn't out there but it was inside of here. I didn't see myself as someone that God could use. I didn't see my own life as something that God can give his glory, uh, get glory for besides of just saving me. And so for me, that was the thing that was distracting me because I didn't see myself as a vessel that God could use for his honor, a vessel that God could use for his glory. And obviously this was part of the journey for me. 
And I, I just want to say, I want us to think about this for a moment. If you're online, if you're in this room right now, how many things have we said no to? Because the moment we had that thought, we looked at ourselves and we said, man, I just don't have what it takes. I can't do that. I'm not that type of person. I just want to say, how many dreams has God placed inside of your heart, inside of your life that you've said no to and not even tried because you thought yourself to be unqualified or incapable? And you began to remind yourself of the areas of where you fall short, of the areas of where you think you are not capable. Could it be possible that we are the greatest distraction from our purpose. If you're taking notes, that is the message today. Distracted or distraction from purpose. And I've been there, friends. And my hope for you today is that you would recognize, one, that the biggest distraction from your purpose is self. But that, two, that Jesus is the greatest and the biggest builder of your purpose. Come on. A good spot right there, that I am the biggest distraction from my purpose, but God is the biggest builder of our purpose. I feel that as well. For myself, I, I'm a woman, so yes, like Joe, I get distracted, but uh, I might run away with my thoughts a little bit more or get emotional for no reason as a female, but I also disqualify myself all the time. Like, I'm can't believe I'm in the job that I'm in and I feel like I can't do it sometimes and that my inabilities hold me back or we're about to make business decisions and I have to seek counsel over and over and get confirmation over and over again because I don't feel like I'm going to make the right decision or even as a wife that I fail or as a mother or my house is not clean enough and I did not prepare a meal for a long time and sometimes I don't know why God gave me kids Anybody else? Like, why am I trusted with these things? I don't know what is enough room to give them freedom and make decisions and make mistakes. And I, I don't know when I need to pull them in and try to keep them safe. I fail a lot of times. You guys are with me. I appreciate the claps. I appreciate that I'm not the only one in the room that feels this way. <laughs> but I know I have failed a lot in the past. I know I have. I think we all have failed a lot in the past, but I know the future that God has for us. And so I know that we need to take steps in the present to be able to walk in the future. So we gotta take good steps. We have a friend in the Bible. You guys, you ready for the word? We have a friend in the Bible and we're gonna talk about Gideon today. So we're gonna be in the book of Judges chapter six. And let me set the scene for you just a little bit. They had been suppressed for seven years. We thought COVID was bad, guys. Seven years. The Midianites had came into Israel. They had trampled all the ground. They had destroyed the harvest. They had destroyed all of the cattle, all the sheep, everything. It was destitute. All right. And then Gideon, as a child of Israel, in Judges chapter 6, verse 11 through 12. Here we are. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the tree at Ophrah, which it was which belonged to Joash in the clan of Ebenezer. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of the winepress to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. 
you know, Gideon kind of like looks around, like Gideon's response was, God is with me, you say? If he is with me, why am I hiding? Whatever happened to this miraculous God that I heard about? You said God is with me, but look around. He is nowhere to be found. Did he bring us up out of Egypt to abandon us and give us to the Midianites? Like I can feel his pain in these moments. An angel of the Lord just showed up in his disaster, in his distress. He was in an empty wine press. A wine press is supposed to have wine in it, you guys. This is a sunken out hole, but it was empty. An empty wine press is devastation. It is underlying disaster and a full one is prosperity. And not only is he just in this deserted place, he is trying to thresh wheat in here. This is like the lowest of lows. And I, I love that God comes in our lowest of lows, right? That's when we need him the most. But sometimes we're like, you're really late. You're really late, God. You say that I am a mighty man. You say that I am someone great, but look at me. Look at where I'm at. And I love that God doesn't even acknowledge Gideon's problem in this moment. In verse 14, he says, then the Lord turned to him and said, go with strength that you have and rescue Israelite from the Midianites. I am sending you. God didn't try to defend himself and say, oh, you want to know the miracles I've done? He was like, no, hey, guess what? You're going to go. You're going to go. And again, Gideon's like, who? who? Who are you talking to? Wait a minute, you're sending me? He goes, I don't think so. I am the least person that you want to send. I don't even believe in myself. He goes, I'm the least one of my clan, and I am just trying to survive. I'm just trying to get by. And then Judges 6, 16, it says, the Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you are fighting against one man. He's talking about taking down a whole kingdom, you guys, as if he's fighting against one man. And I love this. God spoke purpose over him twice, and he encouraged him three times right away. I'm like, you guys correct me once, but encourage me three times, please. Like, tell me again and again. I need to hear my purpose. I need to hear my calling. I need to know what it is. And that is what God did for Gideon in those moments. He said, hey, you are called mighty man. You're going to destroy the Midianites. You are going to be able to fight. But I know sometimes we get discouraged we get comfortable with where we're at. We're in disappointment. We get let down. We let past traumas hold us back from stepping into what we believe God has called us to do. We are not alone, but we have a God that is for us. So there's times when you feel like you're in an empty wine press and maybe you're there today. Maybe you feel like you're disturbed and devastated, but God is with you and he is for you and he has good for you. Amen. Amen. It's a good place to clap. I love the clapping. Gideon, in this moment, he's still struggling with being totally confident in what he heard God say through this angel and what God is asking him to do. And so Gideon is like, hey, God, you got to show me a sign. You got to like prove it. I, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm getting this right. Like you're calling me, you're sending me and I'm going to defeat these enemies of Israel. Okay. Like you found me in a hole, God. So I got to check. 
I got to fact check this and make sure, right? And so what happens is, is, is what Gideon does is he prepares a sacrifice. He brings it back to that place. Then the angel of the Lord instructs him to set it up in a certain way. Then the scripture says that the angel touches the tip of Gideon's staff and fire sprang up from it and consumed the whole sacrifice. It was in this moment that Gideon realized, whoa, this is really God. This is supernatural. That was just a miracle. This is incredible. And so what Gideon does in response is he builds an altar there at that place to honor God for that encounter that he has for him. And, and what ends up happening while this is all happening, the, uh, this is what happens next. The, the Midianites, uh, the armies of Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east, it says, formed an alliance. And they start making their way towards Israel. They cross the rivers and, and they camp nearby to where the people of Israel are. And in verse 34, it says something incredible. It says that the spirit of the Lord closed Gideon with power. So Gideon, what he does is he blows a horn as a call to arms and all the warriors from every clan of Israel come to meet him. Here's another miracle, a supernatural strength. God fills him. The Holy Spirit fills him and gives him the courage and the strength. And all these warriors come and meet him. But even after all that, Gideon was still, in, he wasn't sure. He wasn't sure. Even after those experiences. So he did something here. He, 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 he made a deal with God and asked God to prove it again, to give him another confirmation. And this is what you, maybe you've heard referred to if you've been in church, but if you haven't, this is what is called the fleece with God. So he tells what a fleece with God is, is, hey God, here's, here's what I need you to do. Exactly. And if that happens, then I know that you're really sending me, right? Really bold request. And so he says, hey God, I'm going to put a fleece on the threshing floor. And in the morning, the next morning, I want the whole ground to be wet, but the fleece to be dry. And then I will know that you're calling me, that you're sending me, and that you're going to help me. Then the next morning comes around, God moves, God does the unbelievable, and he does exactly what Gideon asked. But Gideon wasn't sure yet. He's like, well, God, please don't get mad at me, but I'm going to ask you again. Can, 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 I, I, I need another confirmation. But please don't hurt me moment, right? And he says, God, I want you to do the opposite tomorrow. So tomorrow in the morning, I want the bottom of the threshing floor to be dry and the fleece to be wet. And then I will know that you called me, that you are with me, and that you are sending me. So the next morning comes around. And guess what happens? God does exactly what Gideon asked for in his fleece. And it was absolutely incredible. It was absolutely incredible. And, and, and what I love about this situation is we don't have to be perfect to be used by God. It shows us through the life of Gideon. We don't have to have our life all together. We don't have to be doubtless. We don't, we don't have to have everything in our life lined up perfectly for God to use us. Actually, what we see here is that doubt doesn't propel God from Gideon which means that your doubt and my doubt, God doesn't respond by going away from you. Yeah. 
but he actually used it as an opportunity to lean in and to meet him where he was at. Let's remember, guys, Gideon was in a wine press and he was working and he was trying to feed his family and he wasn't just standing around waiting for blessings to fall from heaven, but he was doing the hard work. He was trying to, 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 uh, to, Shaft wheat, is that what you call it, shaft wheat? In, in a hole. You need airflow for that. He was doing it the hard way, but still God saw the faith that he had, the hope that he hadn't given up on, and God decided to, to show up and to call him to do something mighty. And I want that to be an encouragement for us. What I love about this as well is it shows us and proves to us that we don't need to be 100% sure about anything to walk in faith. And just to be honest, I was about 70, 80% sure in 2014 that we were supposed to move our family from our comfortable life to Las Vegas. And we're only about 75% sure we're supposed to start via the church. But that's enough. That's enough. You look at the life of Gideon. He wasn't 100% sure. God answered every request that he had, and he still wasn't sure. He still wasn't confident. He was still doubting. But as we continue to read Gideon's story, what we see here is that when the, all, these, all these warriors from the clans come, his army is 32,000 deep. Like, this is a huge army. But what God does is he shrinks it to 300 because God wanted Gideon and the people of Israel to know that he was the Lord and that he was the one that was going to bring them victory. And so he shrinks this army to 300. And with 300 men, warriors, and clay pots and, and glass and, and, and some ram's horns, they defeat these massive armies. These armies were so big that from a distance, they looked like a swarm of locusts and their camels alone outnumbered the sand. These were massive armies and God shows up and does exactly what he told Gideon that he was going to do and how he was going to use him to bring victory and to deliver the Israelites. God sees something inside of Gideon that Gideon did not see inside of himself. I'm here to tell you that God sees you, that God has gifted you, that God has anointed you, that he's created you for a purpose. He's created you for great things, that he has placed every single thing inside of you so that you could walk out exactly what you were designed to be, so that you could discover your purpose and make an impact, make a difference. Because every single one of us here, we're called to make a difference. Because we are all carriers of the Spirit of God, same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And He has intentions to use you with your personality, with your dry humor, with... <laughs> your likes and dislikes with the weird stuff about you for his glory. And if God can use Gideon, he can use any of us. A little bit of faith in Jesus, a little bit of faith in the God of the Bible that we read about goes a long ways. God has an incredible way of pushing us out of our comfort into his purpose. This is what we see here in the life of Gideon. Like Gideon had a routine. 
It might have been, he might have been miserable, but he had a routine. He got used to it. Sometimes we get in our routine of even being miserable and, and not being in the plan of God and not walking out our purpose. We can get comfortable with the repetition of it all, even though it's not fulfilling, even though it's not doing anything for me personally, because I'm not walking out my purpose. I'm not glorifying God through what he's given me. But what you see here is that God calls him out of his comfort zone and he sets him out to be the person that God intended him to be. And I just want to ask, I'm a millennial, okay? And I have Gen Z kids and that generation is way different than mine. They use words like out of pocket or like other stuff that I'm like, I have to ask my daughter, what, when you said that to me, this is what I think it means. And it ends up being something totally different. Something that my kids do that's not meant to be disrespectful, but when you don't understand what it means, it can feel like it's disrespectful, is the word pause. I don't know if you heard that from your Gen Zer, but we'll be in a conversation and my daughter would be processing and she wants to respond. So she just needs a minute. So she goes, wait, pause. And I'm like, I'm not Netflix. You're not gonna pause me. I'm your father, right? But it wasn't meant like anything like that. Um, but just kind of, hey, just give me a moment to gather my thoughts real quick. But guys, when you follow comfort, you're hitting pause on your purpose. You're hitting pause on your destiny. You're hitting pause on everything that God has for you. Because being a follower of Jesus is more about sacrifice than convenience any day. And what I love about that, our wonderful Savior Jesus doesn't just expect sacrifice, but he sacrificed himself and he led the way. Yes, he did. I want to reel it back to Judges chapter 6, verse 6. And it says, so Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. Gideon was one of the Israelites crying out for help. He was one of those that was saying, God, we can't do this any longer. We've suffered long enough. But he was also the answer to the prayer that he was praying. Sometimes we don't want to step out that way. But he was the one. But sometimes we are also the answer for somebody else. Sometimes we need to step out because of the prayers of other people. Maybe God sent you into your neighborhood for a reason, your job for a reason. Maybe you're the person that needs to turn around your marriage or your relationships. That You've been praying for something, but you can't just expect a miracle. You need to step out into the miracle. You heard Gideon in the beginning that I read. He said, who is this God of miracles that you talk about? He didn't realize that he was going to be walking out the miracles. He doubted it. But to be defeat an army with 300 men, that's a miracle that we read about in the Bible, you guys. He did the impossible because he stepped out in the purpose that God was calling him to. And God has that for us, that miracle. You maybe can relate to his destitute. Maybe you feel far from God. Maybe you feel like you're in a dark hole. You don't feel like you can get out. You've been there for too long and you're comfortable there. Or maybe you just can't see yourself in another place. God sees you somewhere else. He sees hope. He sees help. He sees healing. He sees love 
He sees peace over your life and he wants that for you. He doesn't want you to stay in that deserted wine press. He wants to bring you out and make you into the warrior that you're called to be. But you guys, it takes us. It takes us stepping out of that deep place and praying those prayers like, Lord Jesus, can you save me? Can you help me, Lord? We wanna close with this. If you guys could just stand up as we close the service. We're believing that the Holy Spirit spoke some things to you specifically. Some things that he's, actually a lot of times we feel like we're waiting on the Lord. But the reality of the whole situation is, is that God is waiting on you. And the great thing about our God is that he's patient and he's loving and he's kind, so he's not gonna rush you. He's not running out of time. And the beautiful thing about our God, he's a redeemer. He has a way of turning things around. So it doesn't matter how many years you've been just camping out. God is a restorer of broken things. And he delights in working in broken people like me and you. The Bible is full of examples of disqualified people that God used to do big things. And I'm just going to list some of them off. Noah was a drunk. Abraham was too old. Isaac was a daydreamer. Leah wasn't good looking. Joseph was abused. Moses stuttered. Gideon was afraid. Samson was a player. Rahab was human trafficked. David was an adulterer and a murderer. Elijah was suicidal. Isaiah preached naked. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Job was bankrupt. Peter denied Christ. The disciples fell asleep while praying with Jesus for the very last time. Zacchaeus was too sure Timothy was too young and Lazarus was dead if God can do them inside it can do the impossible inside of their life if God could use them imagine what God can use and do in you what do all these people have in common they have doubts they have distraction they have insecurities they have weakness they have discouragement but a yes in the hands of a mighty God can go a long way. God can take you from pain to purpose. Would you bow your heads with me? We have it in our heart to pray for two different groups of people this morning. The first group, you know who you are. You're like, we're thinking like, oh man, God did really call me to that, but maybe I let too much time go by. Maybe you have some hurt and some trust issues, not just with leadership, maybe it's with God. But you're here in this place right now and God has his arms totally open and he's ready to restore you to your purpose. And maybe you're here today and you're just so full of pain. I wanna challenge you, turn that pain into praise and watch God turn that into purpose, okay? So I'm gonna pray for you. So if that's you today, if you're like, man, I've, I've put that on hold. <laughs> I know what my purpose is. Or maybe you're like, yeah, I, uh, I was like you, Pastor Joe. Like I'm grateful for salvation, but like God using this, I, I don't see that happening. If that's you here today, I would have the honor to pray for you. Could you just lift your hand just wherever you're standing? I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray for you. I see hands. Anyone else? Anyone else? Awesome. I see more hands go up. This is your moment. This is your moment. 
Thank you, Jesus. You can place your hands down. Let me pray for you. God, I just thank you for every person today, online and in this room that is saying, God, I am done hiding. I am done being comfortable. I am done being ashamed. I am done being afraid. At least that's what I want, but I'm still going to trust you when I'm afraid. And so Lord, I just pray that you would break off all shame, that you would break off all negativity, that you would break off any discouragement, and that you would break off any distraction. I say, Lord, that you would reveal the things that they need to be paying attention to, Lord, and that you would draw them into your arms because as we grow in our knowledge of who you are, Lord. We can't help it but want to love people. We can't help it but want to serve. We can't help it but want to make a difference. And I thank you, Lord, because you've called them. You've anointed them. And Lord, you have sent them to this world. You've sent them to their families, to their workplace, and to this church. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Jesus. We're going to pray for a second group of people. Maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God. Maybe you feel like Gideon and you're just stuck in a dark hole far from God. Friends, God is not far from you. He's here in this very moment and he's ready to meet you. And so the Bible says that if you believe that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, that you will receive salvation. Salvation from what? Salvation from an eternal separation from God. But also he, just like we read in our scripture today, he doesn't just save us by his grace but you are his workmanship. You are his masterpiece. And he has created you to walk out good works that will glorify him and bring the attention to him. So if you're here today and you're like, pastor, I, I've, maybe I grew up in church and man, I just, I didn't think of making this decision today. Or maybe it's the very first time that you're saying yes to Jesus, just wherever you are. You just lift your hand and then we're gonna pray together. Can you lift your hands so that I can know who I'm praying for, if that is you? Awesome. You may put your hands down. Church, can we put this together? Because we're family. We're in this together. Repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus, for him to die on the cross for me. That day, shame died. Unrighteousness died. And hopelessness died. I thank you, Jesus, that you saved me for a reason and a purpose. I am a child of God. I'm a new creation. My future is secure. And I will follow you the best that I know how. Holy Spirit, fill me. I want to know you. And I want to grow in this relationship. All the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.